Thank you for tuning in to the First Love Ministry at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois for Sunday, April 11th, 2021. Our organist today is Christine Smith. Our liturgist will be Stephen Holt. Our special music, My Redeemer Loves, is performed by soloist Stephanie Solterman. There will be a seven-week online book study with Pastoral Assistant John Nelson on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. starting April 14th through May 26th at the First Pres Jacks Community Facebook group page. You can get there by going to firstpresjacks.org slash Facebook. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G slash Facebook. Join us in reading What is the Least I Can Believe and Still Be a Christian by Martin Thielen, a guide to what matters most, a fresh and easy-to-understand guide offering authentic Christian insight that speaks to our deepest needs. Books are available at the church office and can be purchased for $10.00. Make checks payable to L-Y-N-N-E, last name C-H-E-A-F-F, not the church. If you would like to help Lynn and be a volunteer for one of the weeks of the seven-week study with pastoral assistant John Nelson, please contact the church at 217-245-4189. Our scripture reading is Acts 32-35 Reverend Jonathan Warren is preaching from the Gospel reading of John 20 19-31 and his sermon title is Behind Locked Doors
The scripture reading is from Acts 4, 32 through 35. Let us listen to the word of God. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as they had need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. Let us listen to the word of God. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. 
Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One time when we were in East Tennessee, storms and tornadoes hit down. As parents of young children, we kept the radio and television lines on. I'd look outside every few minutes. We got all of our things ready to hunker down. Now, we didn't have a basement, just a slab of concrete. So we found the safest place in our home. In a moment's notice, we were ready to hide in the hallway. Friends of ours stayed in the basements for hours, and most didn't sleep well that night. We locked the doors, we closed the curtains, we hid for cover because we were afraid of that storm. And luckily, that night, it didn't hit our side of the town. But nonetheless, we were all scared. Today in our scripture reading, the disciples are scared and trembling with fear. They don't know what to do or what to think. They've been meeting behind locked doors in fear for several nights because their teacher was killed as a criminal. The Roman authorities put Jesus to death because they thought he was leading a rebellion against the empire. They used one of the most public and cruel methods ever created. Disciples received the message loud and clear, and they were scared for their lives. So now, three nights after Jesus was killed on the cross, they close the drapes on the windows so no one can see in. They whisper so no one can hear their voices. They lock the doors so nobody can enter. These disciples are confused and scared. They know that Jesus 
has ascended, but no Roman would ever believe it and don't want to end up like Jesus, tortured or crucified. In the darkness of the evening, the disciples gather together in this upper room, locking the doors so nobody can get in. We've all experienced fear and trembling, haven't we? Most of us are quite guarded and cautious these days, and with good reason. We've been in our homes for way too long. And even if, we can't ha- even if we've been vaccinated, we still worry for loved ones, for ourselves. We worry about those adults who can't or won't, and for children and grandchildren who cannot get vaccinated. Even though cases are diminishing, we hear reports about long-term effects, even brain disease for those who've had it. There are variants and a rise in cases for young adults and children. Other effects of isolation, depression, worry, stress, they're all wearing us down too. We know about fear and trembling. Beyond COVID, we face many other things that push us to the edge. We fear the unknown. We're afraid of people who are different from us. We sometimes lock our car doors when we're in an unfamiliar place. We're afraid when our plans don't work out the way we wanted them to, when we don't get the promotion we're hoping for. We get scared when we lose a job or when we enter the doctor's office, when our marriage crumbles, or when, we, or when somebody robs us. We tremble with fear when we are waiting for test results to come back. When someone we love is in danger or when a child is hurt. We're frightened as we get closer to retirement or as we make major life transitions. When we're in the emergency room, waiting and waiting. Fear is real. It's when our minds race, when we can't sleep at night, it can shut us down and we end up locking everything and everyone out. I'd imagine there have been many times when you, like me, have been overcome and overwhelmed by fear. We become much like these disciples, locking ourselves behind closed doors not wanting to let anybody in. Now, for some reason, the disciples needed proof, physical proof that Jesus was alive because the reality of someone surviving after such a cruel and inhumane death is impossible. Even though they'd seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle, this one is just beyond. Mary coming to tell the disciples that morning that Jesus was alive wasn't enough. Peter and the beloved disciple witnessing an empty tomb, it wasn't enough. So they still locked the doors in fear, for they hadn't seen him alive. And until that happened, they would stay hidden, trembling, and locked away from the world. 
Now, when the doors are shut and locked, when the disciples are at their breaking point and fear is at its peak, when they don't know what to do next, this is when Jesus enters, showing them that he's alive and loose in the world, where locked doors and fear have no effect in keeping him away. Nothing the disciples do can stop Jesus from breaking in. Nothing. When Jesus enters a room, it is like light shining in the darkness. When he enters, at first, they don't know it's him. As he breaks past the locked door, he shares a Jewish greeting they all know very well, saying, peace be with you. And it seems as though that's not enough proof for them, for fear and angst are still at its highest. And Jesus gives them further proof that it's the one they saw crucified on the cross. He shows them all his hands and his side. And for the first time, they know that Jesus is alive. Fear that they had is now replaced by overwhelming joy. As one scholar says, it is the same Jesus, their teacher, their friend, the one who died. It is the same Jesus. The only difference, he is no longer subject to laws of time and space. Today, the disciples are reassured about seeing that same Jesus who's not bound by locked doors or fear or subject to any of the world's rules. Jesus has conquered death. He is alive and loose in the world. The same Jesus who comes through locked doors also comes to each one of us. Coming in the ways that we understand. Jesus knows our strongest fears, our deepest worries, our broken hearts. Jesus knows when we lock the doors and we don't want anyone to come in. And just as Jesus did with the disciples, Jesus is not bound by fear or locked doors or by anyone or anything. Jesus is loose in the world. And he comes gently sharing with you peace, offering us light in the midst of darkness. Jesus comes with reassurance in the very way we need it. Jesus comes showing his pain and scars. But yet he's not bound by them. Jesus loves us even though we are broken and afraid. And no matter what happens or what we do in the most difficult times of our lives, even if we put deadbolts on the doors of our hearts, Jesus is alive and will enter. Come to us in a way that we can understand. Just as Romans 8, 38 and 9, 39 say, 
Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that love. George Matheson was born in Glasgow, Scotland in 1842. Before he reached the age of two, it was discovered that his eyesight was defective. He and his parents and the specialists fought a heroic fight. It certainly must have been heartbreaking for George's parents to have a strange infection in their baby's eyes leading to his blindness. Before George had finished his course at Glasgow University, he was completely blind. Yet, in that tragic situation, George Matheson found God's resources available for him. With courage and faith, he graduated with honors in philosophy. He studied for the ministry in a few years' time, became the minister of one of the largest churches in Edinburgh, where he carried on a memorable ministry. God poured into his heart the courage, resourcefulness, and grim perseverance that gave him victory over his disability. In addition to his laborious preparation of his services, he did a great deal of parish visitation, wrote numerous articles, and 12 books. He continued his own studies throughout his life. Through it all, his faith grew stronger, and after 20 years of blindness, he wrote this, A love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe that in thine ocean depths it flow, may richer, fuller be. There are times when we lock the doors to everything. And yet it is the same Jesus who came to these scared disciples, who came to George Matheson and his family, and who comes to each one of us, no matter what we are facing. It's the same Jesus, our teacher, our friend, the one who died for us. And the only difference is he's no longer subject to the world. For Jesus is alive and loose in the world. And he has the ability to break through any locked door that we put up, any fear any angst, any pain, reassuring us in the way we need. Praise God that Jesus is raised from the dead, is alive and loose in the world, for he can enter. Let us welcome him. Let's let that light shine in the darkness. Let's share it with one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We invite you to join us at www 
www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks slash and join our Monday First Pres Jacks community group which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. There is also a Lenten class on Thursdays at the same time and the same place. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. Join us at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks slash and click on the live link. In-person service starts at 10 a.m. Visitors and members are encouraged to come into the north door. A person will be there to take your temperature via your wrist or your forehead. We ask that masks be kept on while in the church building. If you found today's sermon inspiring or any other program available here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, useful and would like to support our ministry, there are a few different options available. You can visit www.firstpresjacks.org slash donate and make your contribution there or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute to your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at first presjacks.org That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G We pray you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful week. God bless.